Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellery. And uh, for the very first time, I have another podcaster joining me today. And I'm super excited to welcome Winston. Hi, Winston. Hey, David. Well, that's a pretty awesome introduction. This is actually my first time doing any podcast. It's my first time on your podcast. It's my first time doing an interview. So this is really going to be a good learning experience for me. You're on the other side of the mic. So um, let's start by telling me a little bit about yourself and um, why, why and how you started a podcast. So ever since I was six years old, I would go to all the different rider events getting rider autographs. But back then, I was too nervous to go up and talk to them. I would go up, walk up to them and give them my piece of paper, let them autograph it, and then I'd turn around and leave without saying a word. Since then, I've gone to acting camps, which have really helped to build my confidence, and it's actually become one of my hobbies. And Montessori has been a big key to my success. But it all started when I was at a camp in Moose Jaw, and I met Kahari Jones. And lucky enough, my dad had the new Tim Ferriss book on him. So we traded Kahari, the new Tim Ferriss book, for his phone number so that I could talk to him about what it takes to become a quarterback at the next level. And we messaged back and forth, and we never really got a chance to talk. So me and my dad started listening to more some more podcasts to really learn what I want my questions to be like for my interview with Kahari. And one day my dad's like, why don't you start your own podcast? You like asking questions and you like telling stories. And I was like, okay, that sounds, that sounds fine. And so the next week, my dad bought $700 worth of equipment on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> like who does that? And to be honest with you, I was a bit overwhelmed. $700 is a lot to me. Like I don't just go out and spend $700 on something that I want to try out. And my dad was really encouraging, and he said that I've spent money on bigger things, and I've wasted my money on more stuff, so that was really helpful. And basically... For my interview with Gahari, I started to come up with questions. And I came up with questions to help me, along with other kids, become better football players. And I'm a quarterback, so I wanted to become a be- the best quarterback that I can be. And I had questions like, what are the critical skills that a quarterback must have to be successful? And if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? Then I had some questions that let my audience know who Kahari is as if meeting him in person. I had questions like who you would pretend to be on the playground and what it's like to be a dad. Then I made up some of my favorite questions, like what message would you put on a fortune cookie? And can you tell me about a time when something didn't work out for you? And you're just wearing the time, but now you're grateful it turned out that way. So I finally got to interview Kahari and our interview was amazing. He was super motivational and he was super understanding. He was great with me. And he really inspired me because if I didn't have that good of a first interview, I don't know if I'd still be doing my podcast. So thanks, Gahari. 
My second interview was with Brett Jones, whom my mom introduced me to as he was taking classes at the University of Regina. And my third interview was with Angus Reed. And our interview was super motivational and inspiring, and he's still inspiring me to this day as one of my mentors. I've done 17 interviews now, and I've come so far. I've come from not being able to go and talk to the players to just ask for an autograph, and now I'm up there asking them to do a podcast with me. And like I said, I've come so far, and I have proof that you can do whatever you set your mind to just as long as you're willing to work hard and you surround yourself with good people. I really like I really like the idea of your why you started this that idea that you wanted to be a better quarterback so you talk to uh, people that are great uh, in in football and in other athletics. Um, it's kind of the same situation that I was in when I started this podcast. I said, oh well, let's. Uh, I, I lots of people I admire and want to talk to and can learn from. Um, and the podcast is called Winston One on One. Has it uh, has has it helped you? Do you think as a football player yet? Definitely, it's helped me because the main thing that I get from this is I listen to each one of my interviews and I look o- look at what I've learned from them. So in football, particularly, I so each fo- each football player recommends s- something different. And so like Nick Lewis, I did an interview with Nick Lewis and he's like, make sure you know your receivers. And I, I did an co- interview with Kahari Jones and he's like, make sure you have good footwork and eyes. But from each and every one of my interviews, I learned something different. And it's not just about football. I learned some stuff that are applicable in life. Now, like I said, from each and every one interview, I learned something. And, and basically, but the main thing I've really learned is that to make it to the professional level, it's not just about being physically sound. You also have to be emotionally and mentally sound. Mentally, well, physically, let's go first. And physically, that means as a quarterback, you have to have good eyes, good feet, and you have to be able to throw the ball well. Mentally, you have to be a good leader, and you have to know your playbook inside and out. And emotionally, you if you do something wrong, you can't just go sit and sulk, and you can't be too cocky either. From my interview with Richie Hall, what he says is you have to keep your ego on the shelf, and that's a really important thing for a quarterback. And in my podcasts, I learn stuff about life and football. I learn stuff that you can, I've learned that you can transition the things in life to football. And I've learned that you can transition the things in football to life. It's like a circle. So a couple of things that happen, uh, like I've loved, I've listened to the ones that you have published. I know you have a lot that you're still, uh, haven't released yet, <clears throat> like Chris Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's that, how's that changed for you now when you, when you approach or see a, a player? And- well, from the beginning, I've, it was really tough, right? Kahari was super understanding, so he was a good start. And 
here's a story for you. I went to the Mark CFL week, which I'm going to to go down to Winnipeg to this year, and I I'll tell you about that because there'll be a <laughs> lot of changes. Yeah. But I approached 23 professional players. Got I've got all of their emails, and I was super pumped because I I thought that I was going to get 23 interviews, and. So we contacted all of them, and some didn't give me the right email. Some, well, all of them didn't respond, right? I got 23 in- emails, and none responded. Ouch. So <laughs> <laughs> that was about a year ago, and now I'm going to all the rider events, like I said, and going to talk to these players, telling telling them what I'm doing, telling them that I want to make it to the professional level as a quarterback, and I've started my own podcast to try and get me there, and here's the questions I ask, and this is how long it's going to be, and it's really got way easier because I have proof that I've done 17 interviews, and back when I went to talk with those Mark CFL week players, I didn't have one interview done. And I'm going to go to the Mark CFL week in Winnipeg, like I said, and there's going to be 53 marquee players there, and I'm hoping to get lots of them. That would be that would be fantastic. Do you have ad- advice for people that want to talk to, um, I guess, their peers or their idols? Like, I think people that are talking to their heroes... Just don't uh, don't hold anything back. You need don't be afraid. Don't because they're just people, and you need to treat them like that. And and you just go talk to them and treat them like people and tell them what you're doing and tell them what you want to get from them, I guess. I, um, I find the, the interviews, the ones that you have there are really good and, and, uh, they're fascinating to listen to you. I learned things that I didn't know about, uh, different players. The Richie Hall, uh, interview was, was really great. So was Kahari Jones. Do you find that, um, your, that, uh, do you think that, um, players are opening up to you in a way they don't normally with media? Well, I want to thank you for those compliments, first off. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because I'm, first off, I'm a kid. I'm 11 years old, and that makes them go, when I approach them, that makes them go back and they're like, oh, I remember what it's like to be a kid. So I think I have an advantage there. And my questions that I ask, really bring out more of a story. So when I'm coming up with questions, the key is to look at what the players are interested in and how we're similar. And so in my interview with Naaman Roosevelt, I watched a rap video of, a rap video that he recorded. And so in our interview, I said, I loved your rap. And I got him to do a rap off with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I rapped one of the songs that I wrote and he rapped one of the songs that he wrote. Do you want to hear the rap that I Absolutely I do. 
So this wrap is dedicated to our class pets. We have two fish, Flash and Ocean. Here we go. <laughs> On November 3rd, Brock's mom brings some fish in an aquarium. I know it's not bringing. It's brought my mom and eggs at me. A lot. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Anyway, Flash, the fighting fish, he sure ain't the fast one in the town. He wish his bro, the ocean, has some motion. He likes to do flips and tricks to get the gals. Flash and ocean. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, afterwards... Naaman rapped about his childhood friend who passed away, and it was super amazing. When I'm reading other interviews, I look at interesting stories or fun things about them that I could make into a more personal, more interesting story. In my interview with Chris Jones, I read an article about how he sat outside Coach Raglan's office for the whole day until he could talk to him. And so I made it into a more personal story, and I asked him, what did you say to Coach Raglan that made him answer the way he did? And afterwards, I teased him, and I said, in 12 years from now, I'm going to camp outside your office. (laughs) (laughs) So with each and every one of my interviews, I try to make them feel comfortable. And... Like I said before, I try to get them to answer in a way that media doesn't and all the other podcasts don't. And I get them talking about adversity and I get them talking about jobs that they've had that didn't necessarily work out for them. And I just... I just try and make them have an interview that they can be proud of. You do a lot of research, don't you? Yeah. Nonstop. <laughs> uh, when, I'm, when I'm getting ready for it, it takes like probably three, four days of research. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Now, uh, we, we, we just skipped over this because you were rapping, but you also rap your theme song, which is sweet. Um, oh, my theme song, that's, so that song is Remember the Name, and it's, it goes like, this is 10% luck and 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100% reason to remember the name, Winston, (laughs) one-on-one. I love that. (laughs) Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Not so much anymore because I'm so focused on my podcast, mm-hmm. but I used to listen to a lot of Tim Ferriss. I I took his questions and I tried to emulate them. I, yeah, I really look at Tim Ferriss and how he responds, how he gets in conversations with people. I looked at your podcast, Lessons Learned in Marketing, before this interview just to prepare me so that I wouldn't be like, uh. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, let, me, um, <clears throat> let me ask you, um, uh, we talked about uh, how you find your guests and, um, and, and you talked about uh, Kahari Jones and how great that interview was. And I wonder how, and you talked about 23 people's emails that you reached out to and all of them said or didn't reply at all. What point did you start feeling like you had something going on here? 
I think once I got to about nine or ten interviews, people really started to take me seriously. Because I found that it takes proof. Because I guess I understand this too, but I don't understand it because if a kid approached me personally, I would I would want to do the interview with them because they're a kid. But other people think differently and they're like, what, how do I know that this kid is going to have a good interview with me? Yeah. So I give them proof. I give them what are my questions, who I've interviewed, who they would know or have played with. And that has really helped me. Do you think you've, you've changed too and gotten more confidence in yourself and when oh, you yeah. approach them? Yeah. Oh yeah. In my interview with Gahari, on the first day, I I was just about to interview him, and it, it was going to be at nighttime. And the night before, I had a meltdown. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't prepared, so I didn't... I had all my questions ready, but I didn't know how to ask them, and I... I just wasn't prepared. I was goofing off and not taking it seriously. And that's, and I wasn't confident. Like just before the interview, I got super nervous and I had to do tapping, which you tap your head and you tap under your eyes and uh, your collarbone. Just, and then you say, I'm nervous. I'm. I'm nervous because I, I'm afraid he won't take me seriously. And that helped a lot. But now it doesn't take as much preparing. It doesn't take as much tapping. It doesn't take as much motivation from my parents that, oh, you're going to do good, Winston. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. He's just a person. And now I can just go downstairs and record it. They do take you seriously. Which yeah. who's been your favorite so far? Well, my f first favorite would have to be Kahari Jones, but since I just did an interview with Naaman, he passed Kahari, <laughs> and especially the wrap off. Yeah, that, yeah, that and that's fun. because we did a wrap off, like you said, and he talked about this amazing story about how he was he applied for the University of Buffalo, and. And they said, yep, come play for us. You get to be quarterback. And so we got to the University of Buffalo, and they switched him to receiver. And he was disappointed, but he had to respect the coach's decision. And that has been really motivational for me because I had a time when a couple years back in tackle football when – the coach, I thought I was the best quarterback, but the coach put me at linebacker and put his son there instead. So I played linebacker, and I was disappointed, but I had to respect the coach's decision. And I actually learned that linebacker taught me more about the defense and made me a better quarterback. You talked about that in one of your podcasts, and yeah. I thought it was... Um it, it was nice in that you're, you're sharing something that kind of is probably painful for you. Do you find that helps uh, when you share that the uh, players also then are a little bit more open? 
I believe so because when you share your story, then they're like, wow, this this kid can actually tell stories and then they are they are more inclined to telling a good story. Because if you ask them, let's say, do you like camping or fishing? Then they're gonna be like, Yep, I like camping and fishing. I like to go to this lake, this lake, this lake. But in my interview with Brad Snopley, I said I, the three things I wake up early in the morning is fishing, football, and football interviews. And I always ask, am I, I'm constantly asking my dad questions about fishing. What hooks do you use? Where do you like to go? What's your biggest fish? I asked my grandma constantly about what she saw with her dad fishing. And one year during Christmas, I actually was pretending I was on Wicked Tuna. <laughs> and I got a big pole and I was stabbing this box pretending like I was stabbing the tuna and I told him that story and he was like wow that's a great story Winston and I felt like he was m- then more inclined to telling me a good story um, I have to go back that I'm, I'm you know the coach telling Naaman to be a receiver it worked out pretty well for him yeah and, uh, we got to be thankful for that yeah, so you um you look up, Tim Ferriss is sort of uh, one of those people that you look up to and phenomenal, uh, phenomenal podcaster with the gabillion listeners. What have you learned from, from Tim? From Tim Ferriss, I really, I look at, because he, he's so close to the people he's interviewing, he really builds a connection yeah. and that inspires me because I try to build the same connection. He asks great follow-up questions. He's does his, you can tell he does his research and asks good questions and all those things I think that I've emulated and I try to apply that to my podcast. You, uh, you wrap up your podcast with the rapid fire questions. Yeah. What, are you, what are the questions you ask or do you know them? I know uh, <clears throat> you mentioned a couple. What, what message did you put on a fortune cookie? Yeah. Um, my other rapid fire questions that I ask are if you, uh, no, no, no. It's. Who do you pretend to be on the playground? Is that one? Yeah. No, no. That's. <laughs> oh, that's just your. Uh, yeah. I, if you could, wait, wait, wait. Who do you define, like, when you hear the word success, who do you think about? Who do you think about? That's, that's a good question, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Using my questions against me. I am, I got them all lined up here. (laughs) I, I think about my dad. And I think about Angus Reed because how I define success is someone that stands up to their principles, someone that is encouraging, someone that is successful in pretty much every aspect of life. And Angus Reed He's the definition of success to me personally. And and my dad, my dad too, he's been so encouraging. 
and he, he he's he I would have to say he's the biggest reason I have my podcast and yeah fantastic yeah so. it's uh I really enjoy it, and I wish uh, wish people would would uh, check it out. Uh, if not, just for rider fans or football fans to uh, well, and it goes a little bit beyond riders, doesn't it? You have Amanda um, Ruler on there. Yeah, uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. I, gotta pick I have that one up. two NFL players, John Ryan and Brett Jones. Right. Brett Jones is coming up because I did a vote on Twitter, <laughs> and out of the ninety-seven votes that I got, he got forty-seven percent. So he's going to be my next one on. And really, my podcast isn't really just for Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I want to exp- expand my market. I want to go from ages, ages 10 to 60. I want to go the LFL. I want to go CFL. I want to go people outside of football. I want to go NFL. I want to get as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, because I have a big goal for myself and I think I can achieve it. I have no doubt you can. So my last question I ask everyone is, uh, although it's not marketing in any way, is uh, lessons learned. So since you've put the podcast together and have done it for what, two years now? Is it one year? One I year? started when I was 10. Okay. Uh, what lessons have you learned or what's the biggest lesson you've learned? I'd say the biggest lesson that I've learned, I said this earlier, that football's not all about being physically in shape. It's about mentally and emotionally. Um, I also really found that the things that you learn in football, I said this before as well, you learn in life. And it's like a circle, which I said. But those are pretty much the biggest things I've learned. And I hope everyone that listens to my podcast can learn and learn everything that I've learned. And they can try to apply that to their lives to make them a success in football and in life. Yeah, there's a lot of valuable advice on that podcast. Winston, how can people get a hold of you or how can they find the podcast? You can get a hold of me on Twitter. Uh, at Winston One on One, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Winston One on One, and I'm pretty sure my Facebook is at Winston One on One. So it's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> and where do we find the podcast? At Winston One on One dot com. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, Winston, and I wish you all the best of luck with your podcast. Well, David, uh, I just before we wrap stuff up. I wanted to ask you one of my favorite questions. <laughs> um, and that is, if you could put a message on a fortune cookie, what would it say? Oh, wow. You know, I, that's a great question. It'd be something about uh, be happy or just, um, you know, to, to keep a smile on your face. I think uh, I always like to be positive and uh, I like to surround myself with positive people. So it's, you know, it's, there's uh, enough, enough trouble and strife everywhere around us that if we can all be positive we'd be all be better off and be able to face whatever it is we are we're facing so be positive i think would be my message on my fortune cookie <laughs> well thanks for having me on david